Sunny skies, gotta start with gray Runny eyes, when I leave She want me to stay To this money, for me Here ain't the place I need more fast Change the forecast Before sunny skies Gotta start with gray Runny eyes, when I leave She want me to stay To this money, for me Here ain't the place I need more fast Change the forecast Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, this week we have some pretty excellent guests. Um, you might you might have heard of these gentlemen. Um, they go by the name of Patrick Long and George Lee, uh, and they are from the We Trust team. And of course, we are also joined today by my co-hosts, uh, Dr. Corey Petty and Demetri Ferguson, aka D. Gentlemen, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourselves? What's up, guys? Corey After Petty. You, Doc. Here. Nice to be here. Always a fan of the show. Always love talking to the great guests you get on here. That's how cool. Hey, guys, it's D, uh, host number two of the Bitcoin podcast, uh, habitual co-host of Block Channel, and coming right back at you. So let's do it. All right. And like I said, today we are joined by George Lee and Patrick Long, and these are some very, very intelligent gentlemen. And we are blessed, hashtag blessed, to have them on the show today. Um, so we're gonna. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and let these gentlemen introduce themselves. So Patrick, George, whomever of you wants to go first, can you just give us an explanation of yourselves, your background, how you got here on the show today, how you learned about Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum in general, and just like lay it on us, and we'll start from there. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the intro, Stephen. Um, it was really nice meeting you in uh, person at Construct. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, it was it was nice to attach a, a face to the Twitter profile. Uh, <laughs> anyways, a little bit about myself. Um, I graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in economics. Uh, I worked at Ernst & Young, one of the big four accounting Ooh. firms, for a few years where I earned my CPA. Um, after, my, after my time at Ernst & Young, I was at RMS, uh, where it's an insurance modeling company. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't really doing the super exciting stuff, the insurance modeling, but uh, I was in sort of the accounting and financial reporting side. Um, but while I was at RMS, I was able to see a lot of inefficiencies in the way financial markets work, particularly there's lots and lots of friction. And this was part, part, part of the inspiration that I had to uh, work on WeTrust, um, a platform that hopefully can eliminate a lot of the friction that we have. Uh, in terms of crypto, um, I invested in a lot of crowd sales in late 2015 and 2016. I met George through my college roommate. It's actually quite funny. Um, my college roommate rented a room from George, and I would just come by and just hang out, have a few beers. Uh, we would discuss a lot of investing strategies, and you know, in 2016, it did quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite investments, I mean, everybody, this is probably everybody's favorite, uh, Ethereum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a solid one, pretty yeah. solid overall. Yeah, and if you got in like early, you know, it's pretty sweet. The returns, you know, were, were pretty sweet. Um, anyways, what what got me really interested was the fact that it's like this, this big decentralized worldwide computer with smart contracts, and the technology really really amazed me. When I I watched all the YouTube videos, actually, um, at the time there wasn't as many, um, but there was still you know a good good amount of content. I, I read their uh, Reddit postings, and it just really amazed me. 
so then I, you know, I got the courage to, to drop some money in and, you know, in 2016, it worked out pretty well. Um, another one of my favorite ones is Lisk. Uh, I think right now it's, it's not doing too well, but the, at the time during the crowd sale, I thought it was pretty undervalued and lots, lots of people thought it was a scam, but I didn't. And, you know, we, we can go into the reasons why, if, if you guys would like, but, um, yeah, it, it ended up doing pretty well. I think ended up, we made like five and a half times our money. So I think, ah, damn. yeah, and it was only over the course of like two months or something like that. So yeah, it was pretty sweet. I shared my, uh, picks with, with George and I think he did quite well too. And, you know, off to a good, good friendship. So a quick follow-up to that. So then you saw your main interest into the crypto space was from the financial point of view, obviously, given your background and given you just saw it as a great investment opportunity. Uh, the, the investment opportunities definitely, I guess, sparked my first interest. I was also interested in Bitcoin. Actually, Bitcoin started everything because I saw, you know, how, how crappy the financial world was where, you know, the government was manipulating supply of currency. And I was looking for a way to sort of hedge that. And then as I researched Bitcoin, Ethereum popped up and then I just went down that path. Nice. Yeah, so um, so a little bit introduction about myself. Uh, I'm George. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, actually, just one hour outside of New York City. Um, but you'd be surprised how rural it gets, you know, just one hour away. It's a completely different world. Um, spent my entire you know, childhood there, uh, went to Rutgers for undergrad, uh, moved out to Chicago, worked for a little bit in engineering, but I've always been interested in the intersection of business and engineering. So I went to grad school at Stanford. Uh, I studied management science and engineering there, just kind of a blend of uh, MBA and engineering school. Um, after that, went moved to LA, worked at McKinsey for a few years, really enjoyed it there, but my dream has always been to start my own company. So I decided to leave and move back to the Silicon Valley where I joined Google. Um, was there for a few different roles, um, first in internal strategy and then was a PM. Um, and I felt like I got my, you know, dose of technology and I'm ready for entrepreneurship. So I left about two years ago. Um, and all along the way, I've been investing in Bitcoin, following Bitcoin. But two years ago, I, I started my first company with a friend where we basically used computer vision to solve the fitting problem, um, sizing when you buy clothes online. Um, and we basically made tailored clothing. Uh, it was pretty profitable, but it wasn't a huge problem uh, finding tailor finding clothing that fits, uh, at least not that we could see. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do for another five, 10 years. So you know, I'd always been passionate about financial inclusion and economics. And, and about the same time, I started seeing potential of Ethereum, started, you know, met Pat, started talking about different ideas. And that's how we actually learned about alternative credit unions, in, in a sense, that people all around the world participate in. Um, they have many different names. We're calling it trusted lending circles. But you know, in India, they call it chip funds. In Latin America, they call it tandas. Uh, people in China use it. Um, but the formal name is Rotating Savings and Credit Association, or ROSCAs, uh, something basically no one's ever heard of. But um, they're basically kind of like decentralized credit unions. And we thought that that's a perfect product for a decentralized app. Uh, so that's kind of my story. Excellent. Well, appreciate that, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for filling our minds uh, with like where you guys came from, and you know that's it's really important, uh, especially for people who are you know investors who are curious about you know investing in a company, uh, knowing the background of the teams, knowing you know a, a little bit about the person and sort of like you know, what where their motivations arise from is is a really big uh, 
component in like knowing where to put your money. So I appreciate you guys giving us all that detail. So um, I guess in order to uh, jump in a little bit further, um, we'll start by asking you guys, um, you know, what is we trust um, first and foremost, and what are you guys trying to accomplish? And then from there, we'll just kind of work backwards and and and, and pick you guys' brain and, and get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. So our kind of high-level vision of we trust is to leverage existing things that people have. So that's social capital, trust networks, and then combine that with blockchain uh, to create an alternative financial system that's fairer, more transparent, and more inclusive. Now, right now, 2 billion people don't have access to bank accounts um, simply because they aren't as you know profitable to existing banks. Um, so what we're building out right now, our first product, is the Trusted Lending Circle. Um, it's essentially the what I it's a rotating savings and credit association which allows people to uh, get together with their friends and save together, lend out money together to people that you know. Um, and the MVP is complete. It's on Ethereum mainnet with all the basic functions. So you can actually we can create one actually right after this call. We can each contribute say one ether a month and decide how that money gets distributed. Um, so although the basic function product is working, additional features we're working on include you know, incorporating use of other coins like Bitcoin or other stable coins. Right now we can only use Ether. Um, other features will be you know, enabling use of this on mobile. Um, things like legal contracts in case, you know, how do you protect yourself in case one of your friends defaults. Uh, and then a host of other features. Roscas, where the Trusted Lending Circle app is really the first app that we want to focus on because it has built-in network effects that gets people to use it as a group. And then we can add on additional features later. Um, our first first focus is on U.S. market. Uh, actually, 20 to 30 million people in the U.S., mostly immigrants from India, China, and Mexico, they use these already because it's a tradition, it's something that's cultural, and they're using it. Um, we'll, after we work on that market segment, we'll focus on building partnerships with NGOs abroad. Um, organizations like Gates Foundation, Oxfam, they already facilitate lending circles with people all around the world. And we also want to be kind of a tool that can help them run these groups more efficiently. And that also bring a lot of credibility to what we're building for the local people there. I see that you're, you're really looking forward to this technology of inclusion. And I, I've, I've noticed that a key aspect of or problem with a lot of the implementations in blockchain is, is a is a knowledge gap or education barrier. It takes a while for people to get accustomed to like the base idea of what's going on and it, they don't get to use the platforms because they can't get introduced to the main system. How are y'all overcoming that barrier? How are y'all getting people that have no idea what blockchain is to use a system that's, that's run by it? Absolutely. Um, we understand that in the long run, if we want to gain mass adoption, we need to abstract away as much of the blockchain, the technology, the, the, compl the complexities as, as possible. Um, so right now what we built is essentially a MVP. So it still has some of that complexity, right? You need to either have Mist or you need to install MetaMask and then use it on Chrome. But our ultimate goal is so that anyone can use this uh, on their mobile phone, maybe even just a feature phone without having to know this. And there's um, a lot of good examples that uh, of people doing this well, for example, M-Pesa in Kenya. Um, but for us, I think we need to figure out who do we partner with to abstract away the blockchain technology. Um, a couple ideas are maybe Kolu. Kolu is, uh, has already partnered with different cities or governments around the world to issue uh, local currency on the blockchain. And 
you know, it, it could be an opportunity to allow people to use local currencies uh, simply uh, with that application. So, so there's a lot of work to be done there, but um, there's a lot of different companies solving different parts of the puzzle, and we definitely hope to uh, partner with them. All right. Let's talk a little bit, I guess, uh, like the other side of the coin, uh, if you will, is how much money do you have committed to this project? Like, what, what do you plan to raise to get this done? Yeah, so currently we have about half a million committed. Our current plan is to raise at least 1.5 million or you know, at, at the current market rates, uh, 1500 BTC. Um, this will allow us to continue with our current team, be able to develop a product and enter our initial market, like George described earlier, the Im immigrant groups in America and potentially abroad. This will be the bulk of our budget and this is what we'll be primarily focusing on. Um, market and spreading the word about our platform. So I think it's important to spread the word, tell people that there's a better alternative than what they're currently doing. So some of the money will be spent on that. And then a very small portion, like sort of the general administrative costs, like rent, uh, legal expense. We're gonna be running a crowd sale that starts March 1st. So then, you know, everybody can help us out so we can accomplish this big vision that we have. You guys, sounds like you guys are quite the visionaries at this point in time. I got a 2.5 part question for you, if you're ready for it. Okay, I'm ready. Right. Nice, that's what I like. So there's obviously some regulatory concerns, right? When you're doing something this new and this fresh, uh, you always wanna make sure Uncle Sam's not gonna come in and give you the back slap of justice. <laughs> so are you actively seeking to mitigate those risks? And if so, how? Yes. Yeah, so, we are very aware that Uncle Sam, you know, is this is very important and a big focus point. So therefore, you know, even before we started, um, through some of George's connections from StartX, um, his prior through his prior company, we're working with a very reputable U.S. law firm with over a hundred years of history and ample experience in fintech. Um, they have two lead attorneys that are working with us that have 20, 20 years of experience with SEC compliance and securities litigation. The general counsel has experience. Um, serving very prominent cryptocurrency and fintech startups that have raised, you know, tens of millions from top VCs. So we want to get it right, and we will work with the best people to do so. I like it. So, so that crosses your, you know, legal T's and dots the legal I's as well. It's, I mean, you guys sound like you really do your homework, and that's good need more preparedness in this crypto space in general. Absolutely. Yeah, we agree. You mentioned, so you mentioned, I'll go uh, ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I think you're about to ask the same question I'm about to get to is you mentioned you'd like to try and I guess partner with someone to try and mitigate some of that um, on rampers dilemma that's associated with this entire space. Is there anybody in, in mind that you, um, like the projects they're doing or, or would like to work with or you see kind of hoping you fill that gap? Yeah, um, right now we're in the early stages of exploring those types of partnerships. Um, but Kolu is one company that is uh, pretty well known and have partnered with different uh, organizations, governments around the world. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we haven't um, started any you know, deep discussions with them yet. Um, alternatively, there's companies like Abra. They have a network of tellers um, that can also solve the on and off ramp problem. Um, so I think 
this is a, something that still needs further uh, evaluation. Um, there's also different types of stable coins that we want to allow people to use, but that's you know for someone who already has a bank account. Um, so in general, I think it's a big challenge, but there's a lot of people who are trying to work on this problem. Yeah. So also, I think a big uh, cornerstone that we need to uh, have is like access to mobile, right? So the mobile Ethereum browser will be really, really important, especially if we want to onboard users from around the world. So you guys are probably aware of this, and I'm not sure, Stephen, you might have gotten this person on your show, but uh, you know, like st status I am, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I plan on having those gentlemen, um, Jared uh, and the other fella, uh, on relatively soon. And they were supposed to be on a couple weeks, uh, two weeks ago, but uh, they got really busy with EdCon, so um, they're going to be on in like the next couple weeks. Yeah. So what they're doing is super, super cool. I took a I took a look at their alpha version release. Um, it allows people to essentially access the Ethereum browser just from their phone. So this is really, really cool. And Tom, our lead front-end developer, has been working very closely, uh, you know, tr seeing the progress of Status. And then he also spoke briefly with Andre. I think he might, I think he's the lead uh, on this project from Consensus to see how potentially Status could be used in conjunction with WeTrust. I think this is really important as we sort of get to other markets around the world because some people, you know, they don't even have a laptop. They just have that that mobile phone. And I think this is really important if we want to get into, you know, those those new markets. Um, another really cool project, this this is again from Consensus, is Uport, right? So I think you, know, you guys also probably had th these people on. Um, their, their identity management, right? Uh, it allows people to access their identities on the blockchain. And I think this is really cool. And I think as, as we build out our sort of credit scoring system, this, this could be another piece that could be integrated with Uport, right? So I'm thinking of something like Apple Pay, but obviously, you know, more of it in a decentralized manner. So this could be also really cool. So I think I think it's important to highlight that we trust core competency is gathering people, right, that trust each other onto the network. And then we and then for for all the other sort of pieces, right, like the mobile integration or the identity piece or the on and off ramp, we're going to rely on partnerships. Um, because that, that is in our core competency, right? We're focused on gathering trusted networks of people together. And then the rest of the pieces, we plan to, um, you know, partner and get this thing going. Good deal. I got a, so I had a question uh, for George. Yeah. Um, I, it could have been Patrick. I just wanted to pick out one guy. There's no really singling out, but, you know, there's a lot of tokens flying out there in the in the ether so to speak nowadays um you know tokens that do xyz tokens that do abc um your tokens offering a lot what i mean pretend we're in an elevator and you got 16 floors to explain to me what exactly i get from having one of your tokens how would you do that what's your elevator pitch um well, I think the the key thing is, you know, what what are we building with retrust, right? Um, mm -hmm. We're reimagining the financial system. Uh, imagine you don't have, you don't imagine you don't need any third party intermediaries, banks, insurance companies, because all of the money that you need from banks are actually from the communities. And we're creating a platform that allows communities to save in a decentralized manner, you know, and create their own kind of reservoirs. And the analogy that we like to use is. Imagine if all the water that rained uh, are collected behind dams and issued by one central entity, when, when individual communities could save up that rain into their local uh, storage and use that with much easier accessibility, 
without having to wait for those the, the rainwater to go through pipes that are miles long and rusted and dirty. Um, but, but really creating a system so that anyone in their can all around the world create their own kind of mini credit unions with the people that they trust. Um, and the long-term vision is, you know, we, we talked about direct lending, we talked about saving and lending within groups. But think about insurance. The best insurance programs, uh, companies out there, maybe pay out 70 cents uh, on the dollar of premiums that they receive, right? All that money goes to a lot of necessities, uh, operational costs, advertising, commissions. But with something uh, like what we're building, you could actually create an insurance pool that's 100%. Now, the coin is really the value, the token of value for all the fees that are generated on the platform. So there's the fee, the, the coins will be used for the fees. They'll be used for any uh, escrow, any collateral uh, that's needed when when you are dealing with people who don't who you don't trust 100%. But maybe it's a friend of a friend, so collateral is still needed. And so, as more and more people use the coin, um, well, there, there's going to be a fixed number, and so. Um, we believe that should drive, you know, our ultimate goal is to get as many users to use our platform so that there is demand for the coin. All right. That was a very tall building. We were on the elevator for a while. <laughs> I'll mess with you. I'll mess with you. Patrick, <laughs> why the name WeTrust? Who thought yeah. of that? How'd that come about? Yeah, so WeTrust, we came up with that name because um, we think we're trying to reimagine the financial system. Right. We're not we're not a financial system that relies on third parties. Rather, we're a financial system that's bootstrapped by the community. So it's like we trust in each other. Right. We trust in the communities that we're a part of, the friend circles that we have, the families that, you know, our family members that support us. And through those trust networks and social capitals that each one of us has, we can bootstrap a new world. Right. We can reimagine a new world. And to, to George's, uh, you know, he's, he briefly talked about the coin earlier, right? The coin will be the fees, right? All the fees generated will be significantly, significantly less than what's going on today in the traditional world. And, and the coin will represent a fee on that, on that platform, similar to Gollum or other projects that use the token as a fee. Now, I can't really say, you know, all the use cases of this coin. The coin can, can do lots and lots of different things because we're creating a completely new system, right? One thing that we were you know, juggling around is the use of collateral, right? We, the coin can be sort of like a reputation score. The more coins you have, the higher reputation you have on this platform, right? And because there's a fixed number, you know, it will, you know, potentially will grow in value as the platform gets more and more popular. Mm. So do you guys have like a consensus algorithm? Is it like communities need to have consensus with each other or just one community needs to agree that this is how we're going to run our community's water tower of wealth, or how does it work? And is it proof of what? Yes. So each community will have its own um, saving circle. I think that's the, that's the yeah, that's the idea. Um, because this is already done in offline, in offline methods. Like families get together, friends get together, and they you know help each other out. But they they do this in a like an offline manner. It's not on the blockchain or using the internet or anything. Right. So our mm. first product, our first product is just to make this easier. Right. Because by if you're doing it online, think about like, the bricks of money you have to lug around. Right. Or guaranteeing security or trusting one person with all the funds. Right. Our platform is to, to sort of do this in an online, decentralized, using the blockchain, making it a lot safer and, and just making it a lot easier for people. 
Now, 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 now we're talking about the blockchain now here. So obviously we're talking about the Ethereum blockchain. So let's let's um, just dial it in here for a second and focus on Ethereum um, as a whole for a second here. And now of the two of you gentlemen, George and Patrick, which of you is the more uh, technical? Um, I, well, we're we're both pretty um, technical when it comes to Ethereum, though. Um, you know, I have more of an engineering background. But you no, know, I think we're both pretty versatile in this area. Okay, cool. So, so let's. So we like to ask a lot of our guests here who um, are from the Ethereum space these questions because you know Ethereum is still newer. Um, it's still a little bit more unexplored te technologically. Um, so I like to uh, have our guests put on their thinking caps and give me an idea of like what their vision is for Ethereum and sort of like you know tell us like where do you think it's going in the next year. Um, so, so where do you guys, where do you guys see Ethereum, uh, like six months out, a year from now? Um, you know, whether it's progressed into Metropolis successfully, and you know things are rolling, and um, there are no more like unforeseen issues or hacks and things like that. Um, what do you think the general ecosystem is going to be like, and like where do you see WeTrust falling into that in some way, shape, or form? Like whether that is with like uh, having a timely partnership with and you know with more uh, technologies that are coming out like IPFS and taking advantage of Swarm and taking advantage of um, like Raiden um, uh, payment channels and, and something that you guys are building. Like how how do you guys like plan on uh, utilizing these technologies? Yeah, so sort of this ties back um, to what we were saying earlier, right? There's lots of opportunity. And lots of many different you know, wonderful new startups that are popping up, like Status, like Uport, like Kulu, like Abra. And there's lots of you know uh, money and, and big banks supporting these organizations. Lots of wonderful things that are happening in the ecosystem. But to say and to ask us to sort of predict where this will go, that's that's going to be very difficult, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think this, this is like saying. That's like back in 95, where the internet is going to be today, right? At that time, Amazon was just selling books, right? Who mm -hmm. knew that they would go into video streaming and all, all the wonderful things Amazon does for us today, right? Nobody knew that Prime would come about, right? And then you can have like one day delivery by a drone now, right? Mm. So, so I think lots of wonderful things are happening in Ethereum. Um, however, you know, I, I know, you know, in 2016, there's lots of uh, sort of security issues, right? Like the Dow hack and a lot of, um, you know, things that were, were pretty troubling for investors, right? Um, however, that, that's why we want to be, we want to remain nimble, right? Our team, mm -hmm. we, we told our team, our CTO, Ron, he knows about, you know, a lot of the issues with Ethereum. For example, it's, you know, sometimes it can't scale, right? How are you going to handle when there's lots of transactions going on, right? There's a lot of issues and therefore we want to remain nimble, right? What we like to say on our team is we want to be blockchain agnostic, Right. We, we don't know which ecosystem will be best in the next five years. Right. And I think that's OK. Right. Uh, as long as we remain nimble, we keep our eyes open to the various opportunities that come up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to position ourselves accordingly when new things pop up. Because, you know, like back in 95, we never knew Apple was going to take off today. Right. I think Apple was struggling for so many, so many years. Right. But but Apple is the king today. Um, so so that on that note, right, we want to stay nimble. And then potentially move into any ecosystem that best serves we trust vision. Excellent, and that that's that's a, that's a, that's the perfect answer to the question I think because you know we can, you, we ask a lot of our guests like like where where they're seeing where they're like 
the technology is going and like what they think is going to come online and take have the most impact uh, on adoption. And I, I, that's very important it's, it, to be lean, to be to be nimble, to keep your eyes open, uh, and to make sure that you're utilizing uh, new technologies in a timely manner to make sure you keep yourself relevant. Since the space moves so quickly, uh, it's important to remain agile like that. So that I think that was a great answer. Yeah, to further Thanks. to further move on that and um, kind of ask a similar question to it is that like because there is so much uncertainty in the space and there's also this tremendous amount of excitement and um, desire to jump in and do something. Do you have any advice for young developers, entrepreneurs, or those are kind of in, involved or interested in, in the space? How do they get started? What do they do? Where do they, where do they go? Like what resonates with you? Um, maybe potential lessons that you've learned that they can learn from. Yeah, so this is my favorite question. Uh, <laughs> so George and I are like super, super interested in this technology. I think my my advice would just be just do it. Um, I know that sounds a little bit cliche, right? But to be quite honest, we were quite worried when we first started. It's, it's okay. We're actually sponsored by Nike. So yeah, please oh. just do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, we're not sponsored by Nike, but we would love to be sponsored by Nike. I love flying it. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, so we, you know, we were really, really worried when we first started, right? Because I, you know, in my opinion, I don't think I was really known in the community at all. But it turned out when we started asking for help, and everybody was super, super helpful. Um, we, I like randomly emailed Vitalik out of the blue. And, you know, when he when he was in San Francisco, he wanted to meet with us. So we got a face to face with him, we, we bounced our ideas off of him and, and got his feedback. So like, how cool is that? Right, you got the founder of Ethereum to meet up with you and, and speak for a few hours. I think we even we got lunch with him. You know that I thought that was super cool. Like, I don't think you know, like some other company, you can you can meet the founder just face to face like that so easily just through an email. Um, we also met Steve Waldman, um, and he was really friendly into giving us advice. He gave a lecture on reciprocal aid and how how it could be used with the blockchain. So he gave a lecture. Um, I think it was quite a few, like two years ago or so. Quite a while back, when Ethereum was start, you know, just beginning at at one of the Silicon Valley Ethereum meetups, we just sent him an email, and he, you know, he met up with us. Michael Turpin, we went to his Coin Agenda and presented. We trust. We also met uh, Jared Kenna there, so you know that that was really really cool to see all these big figureheads meet with us and talk face to face with them. Um, we also got to present at the North North American Blockchain Association's FinTech Summit, and we got to pitch to like the mayor of Fremont, mayor of Cupertino bunch of fortune 500 companies um you know the list goes on and on i could i could keep going on but the community has been so helpful and taught us so much so like we're so so thankful for all their support and you know it, it's just really welcoming so i think you know like i said earlier like you should just do it right don't don't feel that you know even though you're not sure about certain things there's plenty of people that are like really really helpful that can help you out i think george george has a couple that he wants to share too. I don't want to hog it all. Oh yeah. So I mean, basically, there's a lot of opinions about Bitcoin and Ethereum and everything, and everyone, everyone's got their own opinion. And I think doing your own due diligence to understand um, and talk to people in the space, understand what's what works, what doesn't work, um, build it or find partners. So you know, we we flesh out the idea. We spoke to a lot of people, um, shared the idea, had them try to poke holes into it. And then when we when we started looking for partners, we posted on the Ethereum subreddit. We, I don't know, got like a hundred views. Spoke to almost. We interviewed about twenty people, developers who wanted to join. 
uh, and we, we found a great team. We, we found three new members to join our team, including Ron, our co-founder, and two superstar developers through the subreddit, which was amazing, right? Um, so I think I think whenever uh, I guess what we learned is you know if you if you try hard enough, there's a lot of people out there and tools that will help you. Um, so we're just really uh, thankful for all the support that we've been getting. That's awesome. Shout out! Shout out to the Ethereum community. Yeah. Hey guys, you guys are great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hang out with Vitalik. Do you think he? I mean, my email would be like, "Hey, you want to go grab a drink?" I don't really want to talk about anything, but oh, oh, yeah. hang out. So. He responds to emails. I think twenty-four hours. It's like <laughs> no matter when, I was like, we got a response in like two hours. Yeah. Did you guys go to a micro brewery? I I don't know if Vitalik drinks actually. <laughs> oh. He doesn't. He that he doesn't drink. It. He, he runs on. So, um, so sharp all the time. <laughs> he runs on ether. Yeah, he runs on ether actually. So you know he has got he's got a gas, and enough gas to keep him going forever. I think. <laughs> nice crypto jokes. Drop them. <laughs> uh, I try to try to try try to make it varied. It's nice. So, so I think that's actually everything. Um, you know, we we covered we covered we trust. We covered what you guys are doing, how much money you're trying to raise, what your risks are, uh, partnerships you would like to do in the future, what your visions are, which is to not have a vision and remain nimble, which is great. Um, so, what what else is there? Is there anything that we that, w- that we left out? Do you guys want to share with us that you think it would be important for a potential investor who's going to be sitting there, you know, ready to send out a contract to invest in your ICO? Well, I think for, for anyone who wants to participate in our crowd sale, I think if I could really sum it up in 10 seconds, right, is mm-hmm. we want to do to we want to do what Bitcoin did with cash and sending money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want we want to we trust will be able to do that uh, for banking and financial industry, right? Right now you have decentralized money in cash, but you can't bank decentralized manner. You can't insure in a decentralized manner. So. You know, what we're building is a trust network and relying on trust, social capital, and blockchain is just a component of that, but it certainly isn't the main thing. Um, but it's a very critical component that can make this really work. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate uh, uh, all the transparency into what you guys are doing. And I think you guys have a pretty impressive educational background, too, for the two of you guys. So you guys are sharp. So you have my uh, stamp of approval uh, as far as that goes. So I look, so I look, definitely look forward to the crowd sale. Um, all right. Oh yeah, one last question. Of course, um, music. What do you guys like music-wise? What's your What's your favorite genres? Uh, who are your favorite artists? Um, humanize with us a little bit. So I guess I don't know if this is this has influenced me because I've been working six months on, you know, actually, no, actually the past year. Time flies when you've just been working so hard on this. But I, I would say, um, for me, it'd be Eminem, Lose Yourself. That is the third That is the third guest that says they love Eminem. That is the third guest. Oh, my God. There's, a, there's a trend. There is a definite trend here. It was Joey from Augur. And then who else Who else said they liked Eminem? Um, the other two people. Oh, yeah, the other two guys. Uh, Andy and... Uh, <laughs> Andy. Yeah, Andy and um, Kenny from... Uh, psh- a maker. I knew that. Would, yeah. I knew that would spark your memory. 
that's I'll say great. The other two guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So that's what it was. And then now you guys. And then so like Ethereum people love Eminem, and so you guys should have uh, DevCon four in Detroit. Uh, got, <laughs> on eight mile, you guys should invite Eminem. Uh, that would be great. We should awesome. get Eminem to sponsor a show. Yeah, Eminem should sponsor the show. <laughs> uh, how about uh, is that is that both of you guys? Uh, um, so uh, this one, I, I probably don't recommend playing as the outro. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really like. You would the be melody. surprised. You would really be surprised. <laughs> I really like. I really like the melody. I'm not a huge fan of his lyrics, but I do like Hustler Music by Lil Wayne. Um, mm, mm. Classic. That, Classic. As far as really cool, enunciated the shit out of Hustler there. That's right. You have <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> um, but one song whose lyrics and music I do like is um, Staring Through My Rear View um, from Tupac. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. That's a classic. I like that. Oh man, I gotta find a good Tupac remix. Changes. We trust changes. Ooh. You know we what I think is funny? Is like, we're gonna. Everybody seems to be into hip hop now because it's been around so long. So like, when we're old and gray, gonna be like, oh, do you remember that Fifty Cent Get Rich or Die Trying album? <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember that Migos song. It was so good. <laughs> I remember Bad and Bougie. I remember that. It's a classic. It's a candy shop. I used to lick the lollipop. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these songs, one day people are going to see these songs are like so mellow and so, so, uh, so chill that (laughs) compared to, compared to what people make in the future. Yeah. Well, that was great. Do we have anything else to add? Nah, I don't think we do. I think we should uh, go from here. We'll just we'll jump into some really awesome outro music. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be really great, I'm sure. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for filling our brains with all the knowledge about We Trust. Uh, we can't wait to put the episode out there. Um, and uh, hopefully we can have you guys on again soon um, once you guys have some more stuff out there and your network's building up and, and great things are happening. We'd love to have you back on and check in on how things are going. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Steven. Appreciate it. All right, guys. You guys have a great day. You too. Bye. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by CryptoDex. CryptoDex specializes in marketing and consulting for individuals who are seeking to raise funds in the crypto space via token launch. Their service can assist with tokenization structures, marketing, and building long-term sustainable communities for your individual token. If you're interested in learning more, check out the links to their service in the show notes below. Sunny skies, gotta start with gray. Runny eyes when I leave, she want me to stay. To this money for me, yeah, ain't the place. Honey, more fast, change the forecast.